uh, began as a couple of questions about a renowned marine park. 18 months later, it was a documentary, Seasick, directed by Simon Mark Brown, is a deep dive into the health of the Hauraki Gulf, Tikapa Moana, an area of ocean home to lots of islands and five marine reserves off the east coast of Auckland after its feature-length debut at the Dock Edge Film Festival. The film, which is called Seasick, Saving the Hauraki Gulf, is now playing in a handful of cinemas in the North Island, and its director, Simon, joins me now. Hello. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Yeah, good. Must be exciting to have this out into the world. Well, it is, yeah. Um, I was quite excited, A, that it got into the Dock Edge Festival, which is quite hard, and then that I've managed to talk a few uh, theatre owners into having a, a little limited theatrical run, which is fantastic, which is fun, yeah. Yeah. You have a personal connection to Hauraki, huh? Yeah, we, we owned some land on Rakino Island for many years, and, and when we bought it, our children were, our two daughters were four and six, roughly, and in those days, in our bay, there were parlour and scallops and crays and snapper and kingies and mussels and octopus, and by the time we sold the property, 20-odd years later, none of those were there, which oh was extremely concerning in that such a short time that that had happened. And then a chap um, turned up um, with a um, report on the state of the Gulf between um, Rakino and, and Otara Island, uh, the noises. And it was grim reading. There was sort of nothing there. And these bloody kinnabarons, which you might or might, might not know about. So really, we were just going to make a little video to sort of explain that stuff to the ratepayers. And suddenly it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and became this this big thing. Yeah. What's gone wrong? Uh, it's a couple of things. Um they formed the um, Hauraki Gulf Marine Park in 2000, which was our very first marine park. And it goes out the back of Wai uh, He, up all of Coromandel, around Great Barrier, and in sort of Parkery. So it was a big area that they demarcated. And world's best practice is 30% marine protection. They kind of hope for 10%. And we've got, it used to be 0.3, and I think it's now 0.6. So we're like 100 times off what should be protected. And within that area, of course, there's still um, commercial fishing, um, really quite in close, and, and then trawling out further. And then, of course, it's New Zealand's biggest city with, you know, 50,000 anglers who want to go out on their boats, which is fair enough, you know. People say it's their right as a Kiwi to do that, and that probably is, but the limits are quite high. You know, you can take up to 20 fish per boat. And then we have the silting up of the harbour from the from um, the Firth of Thames and, and land development up Long Bay and places like that. So it's just a, a perfect storm of, of all these things, really. And when you were filming, were you able to show this stuff to, a, I guess, an audience who isn't as familiar yeah. with Hauraki well, Golf as you are? Well, this is the trouble. I mean, I've fished it all my life, and you go out there and it's blue and sparkly and gorgeous, and you catch a couple of snaps and you come home, and you really have no idea what's really going on. Mm. But because the big snapper and the big crayfish have gone, the kinner have gone totally feral. So we have these kinner barrens over about half the gulf, which is where the kinner just go rampant and they eat all the weeds. So then there's nowhere for the baby fish to spawn and then it sort of all breaks down. It's like a tipping point. And um, so we took divers off the back of um, the noises and, you know, we did, I don't know, six, six dives and they literally didn't see a fish. You know, it's like being in the it's like being in the Mediterranean or something. There's, there's just n- not much there. Tiny bait fish. No, no cra- crays are sort of 
basically extinct in the Haraka Gold. Scallops uh, head, heading that way. So, yeah, it was a bit of an eye-opener. It's just trying to get people to understand that it looks beautiful on the surface, but because you don't see it, you know, like in a forest, you can see dead animals and deforestation, but under the water, you, you can't see it. So it was just trying to get that story across. Is there much will to change things? Well, we've just had David Parker and, uh, you know, um, unopposed Labour government for the last three years, and he was Minister of Oceans and Minister of Environment. And he did some stuff, but many argue that he could have done more. But it's it's complicated because the commercial fishing people, we need the the money for our, you know, GDP. And um, and they say if they're pushed out of the Haraki Gulf, they'll just spread that pressure elsewhere. And then recreational people think it's their right to go for a fish. But some of the stuff is a bit dumb. Like in the first of Thames, they're spending, you know, millions and millions putting in new aquaculture of seaweed harvesting and mussels and scallops. And then just upstream, all the crappy farm water is still coming into the Gulf. And they talk about it as upstream, downstream um, convergence. And what's happening up one end is affecting the other. It's like they're not talking to each other because it will destroy that aquaculture in time if they don't do something about... Um, the state of the, of the rivers coming out. So there's multiple parties, you know, and developers do land and scrape scrape the sand back down to the mud and the mud goes into the estuaries. And So I don't know. It's a very... Tr- I mean, people say just maybe we just make the whole Haraki Gulf Marine Park just close it for 10 years, and other people say that's not feasible. But the one thing we did discover was that sort of Mātauranga approaches, especially Mataitai and Rahui, are very, are very concrete ways of stopping, uh, arresting the, the the abuse almost instantly. You know, you can put a rahui around Waiheke, no scallops and no mussels and, and no power, and you can put it in for two years, and that's brilliant and, 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 a, and a feasible option, but it's unfair on the iwi that they sort of have to police it, you know. The council might okay it, but it still has to be policed by the iwi. So it's not a great long-term solution, but it is the best solution we have right now. So often the case of the regulation as well, right? It's one thing having a rule, but um, depends on people following it and depends on having some power to enforce it. Yeah, we've got this major problem now with this weed at Great Barrier that's come off boats and um, it infests the bays and it's very, it goes into the deep water and it smothers all other weed. And, of course, you put your anchor down in that bay and then you go to the next bay and put your anchor down and these boats are spreading it and... Locally, we were quite aware of this, but what can they do? They don't. They don't have patrol boats, and they don't really have the power to stop people going in. But you know, that's going to be a major problem going forward. This weed infestation. So there's these things that people don't even know about that are sort of on the verge of getting out of control, and you have to sort of nip them in the bud as quickly as possible. So we almost need sort of patrol boats <laughs> keeping keeping an eye on it. You know. Yeah, I'll admit, Simon, it sounds like a pretty depressing film. Well, no, no, there is there is hope. Young people are uh, it's just getting people aware, you know, especially uh, recreational fishing people, understanding to put fish back that they've caught in deep water, cause, um, um, in shallow water because they'll live, but if they've caught it in deep water just to keep it because it will probably die on the way up. Just being aware of your, your take, you know, um, and, and for consumers being aware of where your fish has come from. So it's just it's just... It's just general awareness, but we, you know, we, there is green fatigue. You know, people sort of get sick of being hit around the head with negative stories. But there is hope, and there's a whole generation of young people doing great stuff. And so, it's just trying to 
bring awareness to it before it is too late. I don't think it is too late. The harbour's amazing. The, the ocean's amazing. The, um, the Rena disaster, when they closed that for five years, it got back to pre-colonial fish levels or something wow. in, in five years. So um, it does regenerate extremely quickly, given the chance. Well done. Where can people see the film? How, how can they see it? Um, so it's, it's in a few theatres around at the moment. It's in Russell, Dargaville, Waiheke. Matakana, the Bridgeway in Auckland, uh, Fitianga, Potaki, and the Gubbett Brewster in uh, New Plymouth. And um, it's not not on for a long time, but um, it looks beautiful on the screen. We had the most beautiful weather, and the Hauraki Gulf just looks like this gorgeous Taonga that we really don't want to lose. You know, it's, it's worth a look. Good stuff. Well done. Nice to talk to you today. Thank you very much. Simon Mark Brown, who is director of the documentary Seasick.